Hi, everybody. I'm Sunny, and this is We Gotta Talk, a live weekly digital talk show and podcast where we like to dig deep. Real talk, big topics. Now, let's dig in. Hey, everybody. Welcome to We Gotta Talk. I am Sunny, and it is all about real talk on big topics here. It's been a couple of weeks. We took a week off, two weeks off, maybe. Can't remember. We did a whole solo episode that's going to be coming out shortly um, with some great, this is completely unrelated, but sort of travel stuff. Um, Took a big trip to Italy. So if you're coming around for that, pop back next week. We've got some um, amazing recommendations as far as travel is concerned. I'm really excited about today's interview. This is someone who I've followed on social media for quite some time. And you know, we get frivolous and fun here, but really at the core of what we do, and we got to talk, as you can tell by the name itself, is like to dig deep on issues that have a lot of angles and perspectives. And today's guest is the perfect person to really dig in. He is a social media star, a professor, a teacher, and the director of debate at the University of Oklahoma, whose motto is education is elevation. If you are one of his 2 million plus followers on social media, you might be familiar with some of his short form videos that really get into hot button topics, gender issues, racism, body sovereignty, all of that stuff. But he does it in a way that is concise and entertaining. So we are really excited to welcome the Conscious Lee onto We Gotta Talk today. I'm a fan, have been for a while. Conscious, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you for having me. I'm honored. Yeah. So let's dig into from the top why you do what you do and how you got where you are. You have a massive platform now. And like I said in the intro, your style is really unique because you also like to talk big issues that are really hard to sort of break down into short form videos, but somehow you really successfully do that. So how did you get where you are and what made your interest in current events, politics, race, gender so strong? Um, I really owe a lot to the uh, college policy debate activity. That's why I was able to really get my consciousness uh, uh, structured, you know what I'm saying, in many different instances. Um, that's why I was really able to find my love for education and all these, you know, high philosophy, high theoretical, race, class, gender, ability, sexuality, political, social, economic issues. Uh, really, were really gave me the passion for it though, is that when I got into college and I started learning about issues about black people and about myself that I had first learned for the first time in my life in the college classroom. And I thought about how my brothers, my sisters, my homeboys, my homegirls, my cousins, my daddy, my people I grew up with, how they had been robbed of this information because they didn't have access to the hallways or to the classroom I had access to at the University of Oklahoma. So my motto was education is elevation. And I want to give in all of my platforms and all of my content, give the information that I felt like I had to be in college to get. And I know that everybody don't have this. Everybody don't have access to college. So I want to give you those high theory. You feel me? Ideas on Instagram on YouTube, on TikTok, whatever platform you like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're everywhere. And like I said, it's it's 2 million plus when you combine all the platforms, right? I mean, you're you're everywhere and you're contributing as well. I know your work has been taken and reposted on other big media accounts as well. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, I want to dive right in because there's so much that I want to cover. And we you mentioned some of them, gender issues, um, sexuality, racism, politics, the current state of politics in America. But I want to start with the past several years, which brought up conversations on race, especially with white people that we hadn't participated in before. Um, What has, say, since 2020 through today in 2022, 
shown you about what we've gotten right and wrong when it comes to educating young Americans about what racism really is. There are a lot of people who have a really hard time even acknowledging that this is a reality. So I want you to speak to that. Um, how I say, how I think about it uh, in terms of the last two years, what has happened is that uh, metaphorically, there was a rug under most of uh, mainstream white America's feet that made people feel very comfortable, made feel people feel very safe, and it, and it put up a, a, a nice facade narrative perspective of what was going on. Um, uh, since 2020, there has been a lot of rugs that have been metaphorically taken from under the feet and has really messed with the comfort zone and the safety or the perceived safety of a lot of individuals. What we see is that politically, socially, economically, there have been a lot of efforts either in resistance to this new progression and wokeness or you feel me trying to progress and make more people quote unquote more woke and more progressive you see mm -hmm. what i'm saying it's me mm -hmm. born and raised in down south i only live down south so i see it from a very conservative republican you know what i'm saying perspective in terms of how racial consciousness is impacted in our in our country and what that racial consciousness looks like in terms of value you feel me? I live in Oklahoma. I was born and raised in Texas. You see what I'm saying? So from a political standpoint, racial consciousness is looked at to be something that's demonized, something that's criminalized. Mm. Like, Sonny, they're going to be teaching our white kids they're bad. They're going to be telling our white kids they're colonizers. I think that's bad. We're going to we're going to pass policies with the system that says that systemic racism doesn't exist. But we're going to use the system to justify what types of racial lessons are going to be taught. It's like, damn, you said. Okay. You said system racism doesn't exist, but you're using the system to. But yeah, I, I digress. I know you don't digress. This is it. We're uh, we're in the pool. We've jumped in from the diving board. Um, I love this. You brought up CRT and the concept. The the yeah. fact is, and I I I love that you came at this from the perspective of where you grew up and how you grew up. Um, and and obviously we're informed by not only our family's beliefs to an extent. I think there's a little rebellion there too that tends to happen. You know, however you're raised, you you hear that kids go in the opposite direction, whatever. But we are really informed by our geography, the people around us, um, how we, you know, how we grow up is we, you, like my mom said, you are the company you keep. But why, okay, why does it seem to me and that discussion about this has made the world more polarized in some ways? You would think that discussions about how to bring people together would bring people together. Now, from my perspective, and I'm a news person, a news junkie, a former news professional, yeah. I see division growing, which is interesting to me. It's producing an opposite effect from what it intended to do, which was bring people to a place of understanding. So yes, the to, to use your name, a consciousness has evolved over the past several years, but people are like more in opposite directions. Why is that happening? Uh, to, to, to very cliche like respond, when you have a, a, a entity that is structured around lies, it's always going to be resistance to whatever you feel me is going to be trying to expose their lives. So how I see it in terms of like race, if I tell you that America is the greatest country in the world and that America was the first country to free slaves and that America, the reason why it's the greatest country in the world, because regardless of how racist you say we are, there are Mexicans and Africans and Middle Eastern people that are fighting to get into our country, even illegally. If I take that guys off of you and say, well, we say that racism doesn't exist, but I have to know your history as the core curriculum. And you don't have to know my history to be able to graduate. I have to know it. You see what I'm saying? That starts to take away from the facade. 
So I think that the reason why I cause polarization is because, hey, I have a narrative of America that fits in this particular instance. What mm -hmm. you are fit, what you giving me, it's messing with the lens that I have for America. You 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 starting to draw shit on my lens that I think that should not be there, like mm -hmm. systemic racism, like misogyny, like transphobia. And you think about it when I talk about like, like in, in terms of a legislative standpoint. People that pass legislation that say critical race theory is bad, they have created a big umbrella of terms that says that critical race theory is way bigger than what it is. You see what I'm saying? Like, I So know. you're saying what they say about critical race theory, theory, essentially, and I'm saying they, meaning the opponents of critical race theory, yeah. are saying, oh, you're teaching my white son and daughters to hate themselves. But you're saying that's not what's happening. I have to admit ignorance on what CRT technically is. Yeah. I, like you, have heard the tons of debates on both sides about why it's good or not good. But- what is it? Are people getting it wrong? Is CRT not as insidious as some people are thinking? It's not insidious. It's not as insidious at all. So what is it basically? Is it just a concept of perspective and teaching? Like you, you tell me, because you're in the education Legal. world right now. Legal. You have experience in secondary education as yeah. well as collegiate. So tell us yeah. what it is. Critical race theory is birthed out of legal studies. You know what I'm saying? Legal studies is just giving a a a a structural critique about the legal system and how the legal system is codified within power. You see what I'm saying? Okay, put legal that in basic English for me to understand. <laughs> in, 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 in basic English, it's all it's saying is that the way that our legal system operates, it has racism baked inside of it. And this okay, is a how? literature base that is yeah. about trying to educate us to understand how racism is baked inside of it. The last thing I would say to respond to this question when we hear about the Martin Luther King quotes and he's talking specifically about the law and race, those quotes are centered around the concept of critical race theory, though those quotes predate the concept of critical race theory. The I have a dream speech where he's metaphorically talking about checks and balances in the legal system and how it relates to black people. That is a critical race theory analysis about how separate but equal it's baked into the law and we have different ways. You see what I'm saying? When we think about right. the Brown versus Board of Education. We think about, you know, Plessy versus Ferguson. We think about the Emancipation Proclamation. We think about even Juneteenth being a federal holiday. From an education standpoint, last year I taught ninth and 10th grade English. There was no way in the state of Oklahoma for me to genuinely, realistically answer that question for my ninth and 10th grader without me risking breaking the law. HB 1775 in, in Oklahoma says that you should not talk about critical race theory, but it's really talking about evoking any concept that is critical of white supremacy or whiteness. Even the word white supremacy is seen as being a part of critical race theory. You know, right. like I know the concept of white supremacy predates critical race theory by a couple hundred years. Sure. So, you know, I mean, that's that's something that I personally, we, we've had conversations on this podcast several times that we really trying to dig into as a white person, what my understanding of the world is and how that's different. Confronting the idea of white supremacy or to think that you were born with something of privilege is it's weird and hard in the beginning. And I think you gotta start there. But I do think the follow-up question a lot of white people have is like, but what is it, what is white besides the the idea, I think a lot of people understand the idea of privilege. And I we all do our best. I guess I can speak for myself to acknowledge how my privilege has helped me in ways. And I think that's that's part of it. But what beyond that is the white supremacy that we're hearing, like specifically in all these conversations? Like how how is it 
logically, I guess, baked into, for example, the legal system, because as as not a history buff, I'm not sure I understand. And this is going to sound ignorant how how white supremacy shows up in other ways outside of privilege. So educate me. I think that when we think about white supremacy, we should think about it in, 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 in multiple realms. And think about it in terms of like schooling. When you go to school, you learn multiple subjects and you're expected to have a mastery of all those subjects and you recognize how the interconnected nature of all those subjects. When I say white supremacy, most people think of a white mask, burning crosses in a thing. Most people think of the very big sensational, sensational ideas or symbols of like the KKK. You see what I'm saying? Right. When I say white supremacy, you said again? The extreme examples, yeah. The extreme examples. When we talk about white supremacy now, we're getting into the more subtle ways that white white superiority is uh, 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 indoctrinated. You feel me? Or way that it's normalized. Think about like think about white superiority in the way that it is normalized in our society from a term of education, right? I recognize that when we think about America, we can acknowledge that Native Americans were here first, but we're still going to name everything in America based off of when it came into contact with white people. We recognize that white supremacy is white people being able to illustrate their supremacy by being able to label, being able to quote unquote, uh, you know what I'm saying, discover things. So when we think about like, even like jobs, you feel me? Think about labor. We know that from a gender pay wage gap, we know that women's labor is 80 cents on a dollar to, yeah. you know what I'm saying, men's labor. We're <laughs> thinking about how black women's labor is labeled as that value compared to like white women's labor or compared to black men's labor, we start to get more intersectional. For me, this is Even talking about true. white supremacy and how we yeah. value things. You see what I'm saying? This is another instance right here. Right now, our whole country is dealing with what happened with the Buffalo shooting. The 18 year old teenager committed a act a crime a, 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 a crime white supremacy is not bipartisan you feel me liberals and conservatives are implicated in white supremacy you feel what i'm saying specific example when when mike brown got killed by the police liberal media and conservative media referred to him as a 18 year old man yeah i yeah i i, I feel you yes. also does yeah. with how we how we how we raise people you feel me like i got I, I got homeboys i got a little cousin right now he got charged as an adult at 16 years old you feel what i'm saying so yeah. for in the black community we see like shit, y'all y'all refer to a 25 year old white kid a white man as being a kid in the black yeah. community we get our childhood ripped from us as soon as we start growing pubic hairs literally like Puberty equals now you can be charged as an adult and therefore the world relates to you as an adult. To me, that's white supremacy. You see what I'm saying? And yeah, I keep oh going, gosh, and yes. going and going and going and going and going. Even right now, last thing I say about, on his rant to make sure I hit it home and how white supremacy permeates everything. Right now, we see the reverse wave and we yeah. see that we're sensationalizing abortion. White supremacy is glossing over how the birth rate for women, literally black women die at astronomical rates when it comes to giving birth more than white women. When we talk about being pro-life, there's no legislation that's going to account for or that's trying to account for how black women are dying exponentially more due to childbirth. You see what I'm saying? And to me, that's mm -hmm. another instance of white supremacy. Now, I can keep yeah. on going and going and going and going, as you see, but yeah. No, I'm glad you went and went and went. I mean, you know, I think it's one thing it, it's one thing to try to show up as an educated person, but we all start from where we are. And I, I do think it's our individual responsibility to ask. And, you know, it's so hard to have these conversations, too, because 
you know, I'm only one white person asking one black person their reality. It would just be like, you know, if I was one adult asking one child, it, it's one take on it. But I do think it's important to like move beyond our frustration because I know there are people who are like, well, I can't help how I'm born. And I'm a, I don't even want to have these conversations because they're going to make me feel guilty for being white. Or it's like, not, you got to get past the, you got to get past the discomfort and just keep asking questions to understand. But are you exhausted talking to white people. <laughs> I mean, there's got to like be a level of that. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah, the emotional labor can be exhausting. And you feel me? Because I spend like, in the like, intellectual, like intellectually, emotionally can be, can be exhausting. But I really think that because my brain has been wired in a particular way, this is really what I love, work is about, what I love and care about. I'd rather do yeah. this than flip burgers. I'd rather do this than shit, grade papers. I'd rather do this than grade a test store till you see what I'm saying? So that's how I, that's, that's how I see it. And I really, and I, and I, and I really recognize that I have developed and honed in a expertise to talk about race, class, gender, ability, and sexuality. And because I think about it intersectionally, I'm always able to think about me as a cisgender black man, what this means in terms of power and oppression. So for the white people that's listening to me right now, I hope I'm not trying to make you feel bad for being white, but I hope that you think about the idea of being an anti-racist racist. And I'm going to explain that from an idea of gender, right? I'm an anti-sexist sexist. You feel me? I've read first wave feminism, second wave feminism, third wave feminism. I can tell you all the buzzwords, misogyny, patriarchy, uh, sex. I can tell you all that shit. This does not make me immune to being sexist. Right, because well, it's because it's baked in, is what you're saying. Much not like only is it baked in, it's literally in my positionality. I recognize right. in terms of privilege. This how this how this is how complex privilege is. I can try to denounce my masculine male privilege, but I can go on the corner and beat my chest and talk all the shit. Nobody gonna tell me I'm bitching. Right, you feel but me? I'm gonna be given a certain amount of privilege because I am seen a particular type of way. That's true. That's true. And there are things you, you, like you said, as a cisgender male, you'll never understand. And to throw back to like the abortion and the, in the body autonomy debates, like no man is ever going to, I, I, this is going to sound elementary, but, but stick with me. Sometimes when people talk about abortion, I'm like, but you don't know what it's like. Like I get the chills right now. Like, but on like when, when I would talk to my husband, my male friends, my male relatives about I I'm pro-choice. I, it's a very complicated issue for a lot of people. I understand I'm surrounded by people of different opinions all the time, but it's also not to say that I think that, you know, certain types of beyond certain weeks should be okay. Whatever. It's a complex issue. I'm never going to judge anybody. But sometimes when I hear men talking about it, I have a visceral reaction. I'm like, because how will you ever know? So do you feel like that when it comes to white people talking about racism? Like you're never going to understand. So why are you participating or do you applaud the attempt? I, I applaud the attempt and how I recognize like ethics, morals and humanity is to say that I don't have to be raped to recognize. I should have said it's trigger warning. I apologize for using this example like this, That's but fine. I don't That's have fine. to be raped to know that rape is bad and want to be an advocate against rape. I think that right. it is a bad model for humanity and for morality to say that if you're not of this subject position, you cannot mm -hmm. advocate for the general welfare of this subject position. I do right. recognize though, there comes to be a time when you got to know your, you got to, how we say in the black community, you got to stay in your lane though. You got to know your place. I recognize as an ally to the LGBT community, it's certain comments and, and, and narratives. They don't need me. Right. It's probably best that I shut my mouth. 
You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, but how do you determine that? How do you determine? Because I think as someone, I'm like you, I I feel like the more questions, the better, the more dialogue, the better. But I understand that when I chime in, it's not going to always be appreciated. So what is your personal flag for, okay, I'm going to talk about this, but I know that when I go past this mark, I'm not welcome. Like, what is your personal thing, personal line of delineation where you will contribute an opinion or ask a question versus when you'll sit back and as some people say, just, just listen. It's simple, but it's kind of complex. <laughs> we like that around here. It's how I see it. I'm not afraid of being wrong. I'm not going to allow for the potential of me being wrong to stop me from doing something. Mm-hmm. But, or however, I will acknowledge when and if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. How do you know if you're wrong, though? Like, for me, how I've been able to build my litmus test of if I'm wrong or not, I'm thinking right. about speaking truth to power and thinking about who I'm talking about and what I'm talking about. As a cisgender straight black man, if I'm talking about trans disclosure, I think that only the trans community and trans people can tell me whether I'm wrong or not. What right. I recognize, however, though, that that, that 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 trans identity, trans perspective is not a monolith. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That trans mm-hmm. person don't agree with that trans person, don't agree with that trans person. So I'm going to use discernment to recognize, OK, is this something that is intracommunal? You feel me? Or intercommunal? Mm-hmm. That's how right. I see it as being like, right. OK, son, if you say you are, you are out of the black community. Yeah, I expect for you to speak up when you're supposed to speak up. But listen, though, if you see me debating with somebody about kevin samuels about you feel me the manosphere and black men this that and the other sunny you don't know shut up <laughs> it's like i got nothing to do with you or people yeah, like, yeah. like this people like this i'm an ally of women progression you see what i'm saying if women start talking about whether they should call each other the b-word my response my perspective my opinion is not needed you feel what I'm saying? If women start debating amongst each other, if I'm in my women's if, if, if I'm in my women's gender studies course, and two two women break out into a a a, 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 a argument about how to define womanism, I'm not gonna interject in it. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with me. Joy consciously has no need to put his perspective or contribute to what it means to be woman. That's how I, I feel like it. I would like to Maybe it's the Libra in me, but I would love to hear your as a man. I, I don't know. I think it's uh, not, not saying but, I go but, with but, it, but, but I know no, that maybe nuance, I'm not in the majority. Nuance. No, the, the nuance, though, the nuance yeah. is I don't think it's an issue with me telling you. And you can tell me whether it's problematic or not. Nah, but if two women are debating, yeah. there's no need for me to take up a side in the debate. That's true. You know no, I get that. You don't want to like take a side or hop yeah, in and, yeah no I'm i totally get it candace owens debating sunny i don't give a damn how anti-conservative you is you feel me this is not the time for you to start repeating the shit you didn't heard black folks say to candace owens about candace owens don't stay in your lane you see what i'm saying that's the what do you, me, that's the example i use yeah okay i like i i respect that what about no. what do you think about candace owens do you and think, do you think, enjoy think, the fact that she brings a perspective a different perspective than a lot of people or do you think it's like like I you said it. not interested you enjoy it i enjoy what? it i enjoy you it. do okay i, enjoy it. I anything- disagree with everything i know that's a lot that's a lot my grandfather i'm a southerner my grandfather always told me even a broken clock gave the right twice a day or how he always say he say he see say little george it's my, my real name george little george even the sun shine on a lazy ass dog's ass <laughs> once in a while you see what i'm saying 
So that's really how I see a lot of individuals that I disagree with. I don't say every time you say something is wrong, but how I see reality is the positionality that Candace Owens represents is not one that is new or that's unique to our time right now. If we do a historical genealogy or trace back time, we can look at the Reconstruction era, the plantation, Jim Crow times, disco movement, the 80s. There's always been that particular type of perspective inside mm -hmm. the black community. And what we know in terms of gender, you feel me? There's always been even you feel me there. there you're familiar with Handmaid's Tale, aren't you? I, I read the book. I have not seen the series. I'm but, like the only but, person in but America. Reading the not. book, you recognize that there are yes. different women that have different understandings of what it means to manifest their feminism. And there are mm -hmm. some women that have no issue and want to be in the kitchen and want to make babies right. and want to see what I'm saying. That's right. how I totally. see the uh, Candace Owens. Like you have a particular archaic or old school understanding of how you think things should go, and you conforming right. with how they think because you get a personal out of that you see what i'm saying and yeah to me, like race class gender pygmies exist you feel me to me like you know respectability politics to me like uh, you know when i say pygmy i mean respectability politics you feel okay. me? <laughs> I got a that let me know but i think it exists uh i think that whether we're talking about disability or gender there will always be people of the minority or of the powerless that is willing to conform to the standards of the powerful to hope they get some type of individualistic gain that's, that's always, interesting. That's always, always, always. In terms of disability, it's always going to be yeah. particular disabled people that don't want to challenge ableist standards. They're willing to conform to the ableist, you know what I'm saying, shit. It's always going to be black folks. They don't want to they don't want to challenge the white supremacist standards. They're willing to conform to them in order to get some individualistic gains. It's always going to be women that's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to defy or resist the patriarchy i want to conform to it to get some type of individualistic you feel me you know benefit. reward out of it benefit yeah out of it you know everywhere. this raises a really important question i think i think people choose to identify in layers and there's always a first thing people identify as right i'm a woman second thing uh, i don't know i'm an italian american i you know white woman third thing i'm a mom right i'm whatever what do you identity identity is strongest in you or do you see it more as a compilation because i'm leading to this whole concept which i think is so interesting and i think it's so unique to every person depending on their race and gender this concept of american exceptionalism and how to how <laughs> he's like pushing his hands up in the air yeah okay like but, but seriously so what is your first uh, your primary identifying factor second, third, whatever you want to give us. And, and, and what informs how you show up in this world most? Like what layer of you? Does that make um, sense? I, I think that I'm about to give you, uh, I apologize for the response I'm about to give you. But peep game, it's a word called intersectionality. It was coined by this black woman, Dr. Kimberly Crenshaw. She's a legal mm -hmm. professor at the UCLA. Oh, yeah. And intersectionality is about how the systems of oppression come and collide. So usually we think about, you know, in terms of racism, we would think about how, you know, black women experience racism and how black men experience racism and how black trans women experience racism is completely different. Right. So intersectionality is thinking about how we have various identities that all intersect and that intersection make up who we are. So I would respond by saying that it's contextual to what shows up first. You see what I'm saying? It's okay. contextual to the space and place, I believe, for everybody, what shows up first. But I think that if I was going to be a debater and be like, 
not nuanced and give you a more absolutist response. I would say that racism and race, how we are racialized, is the ultimate formulating thing in, in, in our society. When it comes to human relations, I would argue that race and racism has the ultimate impact of how we understand femininity, how we understand ability, how we understand capitalism, how we understand uh, laws. is usually through the idea of race, through the understanding of the first world, second world, or the, you know what I'm saying, uh, global north, global south. You feel me? A European countries being the countries yeah. that's able to bring the great civilizing to other places, other places and the brown and black countries are the underdeveloped global south that need to be civilized and need to this, that and the other. Mm -hmm. To me, I think that our world and how power is distributed is through the lens of race. And I think that intersectionality gives us the best tool to understand in terms of class, in terms of gender, in terms of sexuality how that operates and i think that the last thing i said like, I'm, 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 I, I told you i told you when we started i was i was i was baking i told you i was already in the shit you feel me? <laughs> you're in the group about america and you think about colonialism uh -huh. a lot of us think about colonialism as just being a europeans versus indigenous peoples we should think about it from an intersectional lens about how the european colonizers brought their own ideas of sexuality of gender of of, of, of god of land and literally how those were inscribed and or used to say, you people are dehumanized savages and I'm gonna show you the way. You see what I'm saying? And that's yeah. why I think it's better to understand. Like colonialism used all these things, it used gender. It said that, hey, indigenous people, y'all obviously not civilized, y'all let y'all women hunt. Indigenous yeah. people, gender, y'all got this two-spirit shit going on, y'all obviously not civilized, we gonna, you see what I'm saying? That's the reason why I say intersectionality. Right, so it all, it all matters. And like you said, it kind of depends what the context is. Depends Which on one? Context. Yeah. Like, um, I, 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 some of you said that I never thought about before that you was just talking and made me come up with this analysis. Mm -hmm. When you saying about like like abortion, you like you recognize it's kind of you know what I'm saying simple this study or cliche, but it's like hey you ain't you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. You realize that a lot of us men and men topics and subjects we do that shit too. We just believe we're justified. That's what I that's when you was talking. That's what I thought about. You feel yeah. what I'm saying? When yeah. we start talking about Colin Kaepernick taking these. Hey, Sonny, if you're not no veteran, shut your damn mouth. How dare you talk about how we feel if you ain't no veteran? You see what I'm saying? Hey, Sonny, yeah. you got a boyfriend. I'm sure you've had multiple boyfriends that's told you, and, and no respect to your husband at all, but I'm sure, make my point. I'm sure you've had multiple boyfriends. You, you say, I'm in the football. Oh, yeah. Who won the Super Bowl <laughs> 1971? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you got to prove it. But but see, this is this is the comp this is the complicating factor for me. As someone who wants to show up and do better, listen, I chase difficulty. I chase hard conversations. I want to be better. I want my kids to be better. I want my partner to be better. I, I sometimes I'm like, but when I, I feel like I'm being told to shut up, should I weigh in? Should I not? Yes, I have an internal clock. I feel like I know when I need to just step back. But I think you have some Americans who are like, listen. I want to be part of the solution to let me talk to you about, I don't know, something that I'm not a part of. Say, say a white man wants to talk about something that had the Will Smith slap that I heard some differences of opinion on, right? I heard some people say it's not about race. It's about decency and behavior. I heard other people say, if you're white, shut up. You can't even talk about it. So it's confusing sometimes to figure out, I guess it all comes down to, like you said, figuring out your own personal boundaries and when to shut up. But it feels like a hard world to have a conversation. I wish the world were more like this, but sometimes people are like, we just don't participate, which then kind of thwarts the person and makes them even more pissed off. You know what I mean? Definitely. I know what you mean. I, and, yeah. and when you was talking, I was thinking of 
Because I know that race, a lot of times, is hard for a lot of people to kind of understand because there's so many hiccups and so much pathology that surrounds how we've been taught about race. But I think about it in terms of gender, and sometimes it's easy for people to understand. When I think about the idea that all men are sexist, and think about like the sweeping claim, like the idea that all men are sexist or all men are bad. And it's like, not me. I'm not a right. bad man. It's that right. me. I think it says that, hey, the, the, the potentiality of men to be bad to women is for, with all, with all, almost how I say it, man. So, as matter of fact, scratch that, scratch that, scratch that, scratch that. Okay. Muhammad Ali had this little, this little, this little, this little uh, interview where he was asked the question about if all white people are racist. He gave an analogous response by saying, if a thousand snakes came down the aisle right now and you told me a hundred of them don't bite, do you think I'm going to try to decipher between the a thousand snakes that don't bite or I'm going to treat all the snakes like they bite? I'm probably oh going to treat all the snakes like they bite. For me, when I, as a man, when I hear the idea that all men are bad, it's not saying that I'm a, I'm a rapist or I'm a, I'm saying to me, it's saying that all men has the potential to be and as a result, you need to recognize that, nigga, if you're walking down the street, you feel me? This Women don't know I've read feminism. And if, even if I read feminism, I know a lot of men that read feminism to try to get ass. You see what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, it doesn't mean, you feel what yeah. I mean? It's like this. I know a lot of white folks that have read a lot of literature about Black Lives Matter and shit like that to be able to be cool and trendy. Right. So, so like, what... You know, in that analogy, how let's use the sexism analogy, right? So you you might be labeled as a sexist and not know, even though we know you're not after having a conversation. What how does that inform your behavior? Do you go out of your way then to be like, hey ladies, listen, look at this. This is my new copy of, you know, whatever, Gloria Steinem. I mean, or do you because it is a great analogy and I love I'm I love it so much. I'm listen, I'm sexist though. Are I'm you sexist. though? I, I think that I'm I'm, I'm conscious enough to recognize that every day I wake up, I want to learn how I was more sexist than the day before. And I can acknowledge that I'm not immune to being sexist. You see what I'm saying? To me, how I see sexism is consciously, unconsciously, practices, norms, procedures, beliefs, values, all those different ways. See, I think that when I say I'm an anti-sexist sexist, I'm also acknowledging of the unconscious ways that I can be seduced by the idea of sexism and the various ways that I'm not conscious of now. You see what I'm saying? I do. I do. I totally get it. I've never thought of it this way before. And granted, okay, I'm so not sexist like the people over there, but it's like I still have, I'm still learning. Right. But I feel like when we look toward our weakest link or our basest tendencies or behaviors, then we, it's a negative way of looking at who, well, I, I'm naturally born as this, so I'm never going to be better. Whereas if we shifted and rather than focusing on our perceived flaws or, or issues with understanding new things or the ways in which we are, are different, if we looked at, okay, I may have been born in the body of a man and most men are sexist to use your example but what i am also doing is showing up like you do every day asking questions and listening why can't we focus on that and not you know to me intersectionality is a great concept for understanding our innate um strengths weaknesses biases all of that but what what i question as a sort of casual observer of the principle mm -hmm. is it locks us into that it doesn't show us potential because if i focus on the many times that I've been mansplained to or that I felt, uh, you know, grabbed or touched or inappropriately dealt with, it holds me back from understanding how to move past it. So my question for you is, 
at what point do you set the intersectionality concept down or set down the ways in which we are different and work toward making things, you know, the ways we can make ourselves better? Does that make sense? To, to, to me, I think that I see like intersectionality as like a, 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 a trampoline or a springboard to jump off of and navigate the world. To me, when I think about intersectionality, I think about race, class, gender, ability, and sexuality, and how in many instances, like there is no outside of it. It's either you in it or you're resistant to it. And to mm -hmm. me, I just think it as being like, okay, now we know that you're a cisgendered, you're a cisgendered black man. What do we do now? Like, what's next? And to me, I feel like that what's right. next question is to me is the best question you feel me of what's next. And to me, it's thinking about how can you navigate the world with this understanding of intersectionality that mm -hmm. makes it where you don't perpetuate bad shit. So me, okay, I, I, I know, feel that. Yes. That's, that's mm -hmm. how I think about intersectionality. Like I use what I understand about intersectionality. Like right now, I'm trying to keep my excitement at bay because i'm recognizing i'm talking to a woman and i know i have the innate you feel me you uh, desire to speak over you and to over you know what i'm saying so i'm thinking mm -hmm. about my tools of intersectionality of how and hey, i read all these books i know sexism is bad but sonny i still want to talk over you this, this <laughs> <is> your <laughs> that's rude <laughs> but i'm it's your podcast no i don't get you it no i get it no but i get me, it's it. like I me being conscious and to me it's like Consciousness yeah. means that you can sit with being the bad person. How about I sit with it and being like, hey. But I don't think you're a bad person. And I, listen, we've known each other 40 minutes. It's temporarily though. I, mean, I, I see it temporarily though. I see it temporarily though. To me, it's like, yeah. when I say the bad person is, there are all instances that we are implicated in the way that the world is situated. Yeah, that's true. And you're right. We're born into a lot of the ways that either help us or hurt us. But, but you know, I, I, I tend to think flagellation, beating ourselves with all of the things that we have that others don't keeps me in a mindset of thinking that I'm somehow better and I'm not. So why am I killing myself for, okay, you know, whatever privilege that I have, say a straight woman, right? A straight cis. Isn't my energy better served rather than showing up and saying, oh my God, I'm such an asshole. I have all these privileges. Sorry. Isn't, aren't I better served leaving the self beating behind and moving forward and saying, just let me show up for you. What conversations can I have to make your life easier? What, right? I mean, because it's- Hey, Sonny, what you just said, when y'all make y'all clips, listen, what you just said right there, if y'all make like little, little, little headlines when y'all make the video, what you just said should be a clip and it should be Sonny's response to white liberals. <laughs> but is that a, I don't know if that's a good response. It's just how no, I No, it's feel. a great response. I'm telling you, you know what? This is being a clip too. I'm going to explain to you why it's a great response. The self-deprivating, I'm a bad white person, or, you know, feel me, those, we was so racist, X, Y, and Z. It's like, a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a type of psychopathology. It was like you self-loathing and it's, right. it's, 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 it's weird in a way where it's like, listen, you trying to beat yourself down and you getting something out of it and you make it, it's weird. Don't do that. Which it's you should weird. It's self-gratifying. How can I show up for you? Hey, good job, white liberal. You know Thank that you're you. privileged. You know that you do bad <laughs> shit. Good job. Yeah, good job. right. But like, what do already. we do with it? What do we do with it? You said it though. How you asked? It, how can I show up? But in some instances, like I'm gonna show up, and I'm willing to show up, and I'm not gonna internalize if my black friends tell me, "Hey, Sonny." I know you had good intentions in what you were doing, but what you were doing was actually problematic. Now, when you're told you're problematic, it's going to be like, whoa, it's me. Damn, I'm racist if I do try. If I'm racist if I don't try, to hell with it. Are you going to have a defeatist? Because as, as an educator, as a teacher, 
That's what my students say. Well, damn it, man. I don't understand grammar. If I try, I don't understand grammar. If I do try, I don't understand grammar. Uh, hell with it, Mr. Lee. Give me a failing grade. That's a defeatist understanding. You see what I'm saying? To me, it's like, what do you do about it, though? You feel me? And to me, I think it's about being being, being uh, optimistic and being optimistic in a proactive way. And to me, it's like everything I know is proactive. Because what you ask a lot of times, too, is what sometimes white conservatives ask me and be like, hey, 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 Mr. Lee, Conscious Lee. If you talk about racism and anti-blackness and white supremacy and uh, racial domination, like what's the point? In my mind, it's like I say education is elevation. Think about it. I don't sit in the house and be like, <laughs> because I have this great understanding of white supremacy, I'm gonna sit in my house and cry about it. <laughs> man. Like, no, it's like no, I'm gonna live my life and I'm gonna live my life in a way that takes into to account the application of the knowledge I have about white supremacy. You see what I'm saying? In my mind, it's like when we're being taught about the Holocaust and about Jews, Anne Frank is literally, she's in her basement, but she's not crying and whining about being in a basement. She's still finding social life within social death in a particular way that says that though that those people, their mere existence is in opposition to my existence, I'm going to figure out where to live. You feel what I'm saying? To me, that's how I see all oppression. You don't take the oppression and be like, because to me, like we learn about the Holocaust, it's no Jews being like, oh, I guess I might as well walk into the tank. They, they got right. me. It's right, like, right. no, I'm going to take my understanding of Nazism, my understanding of anti-Semitism, and I'm going to navigate the world in a way that allows for me to see all the trials, tribulations, structures, policies, people, practices, norms that can help my body. You see what right. I'm saying? I have a daughter. Right. I have women that I care about, women I don't know that I care about. I'm going to use that knowledge and understanding of I have a five-year-old daughter turned six, literally, you know what I'm saying, a little bit. I'm already thinking of the ways as a black man, as a father, as a man outside of race, I've been I, I, I've been indoctrinated to teach my daughter and push certain shit on my daughter. But I'm conscious enough to recognize, like, nah, don't do that. Don't say that. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that's the answer, right? That's how to show up as the person who is, to use a term, and I, I hate this term, anti-racist, because it's so cliche these days. Yeah, but so you're, cliche as hell. <laughs> it's cliche, and it's annoying. I, I Listen, for everybody watching this, it's like, oh, the fucking white girl talking. I get it. I recognize the irony. But if we can't talk difficult things, we can't. We don't move forward. So you're saying this is one person's opinion again. So one I'm not asking opinion. you to speak for the be, yeah. black community. I'm not speaking for the white community. It is enough to show up, be ask questions, be direct, be um, be desirous to understand of someone's origins, their feelings, and why they react a certain different way. Is that enough? Like I, I, no, I, I, enough. I think that to me the add thing on it too, and then being told. If, if 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 you tell me your boundaries, I better not have a backlash or resentful response to you telling me those boundaries. To me, I yeah. think that when it comes to thinking about like white allyship, a lot of white allies will literally internalize resentment in a way when they're told, hey, hey what you did was problematic. Or what you said right there, shut, we don't need you that. We don't need you right here. A lot mm -hmm. of times people will internalize their resentment. This is what I recognize right now, why, why I came in all fired up. Right now, the manosphere was started by a white man and black men and got a hold to it. And Kevin Samuels just died and he was a name on it. I recognize, though, that there are different individuals that believe like, hey, yeah, we've been oppressed. It's like, but how you show up and when you show up, how are you going to acknowledge that you're implicated? And that's what I mean by the bad guy. Like, how can you acknowledge you implicated in bad shit? What you going to do about mm -hmm. it?
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love this. Okay. So I, I keep going back to this because I want your thoughts. Your experience as a Black American, it's different than mine as a white American. Um, what do you think about, you hear a lot of people say this country is going up in flames. I don't want to be here. This, you know, I don't want to see what this country is going to be like in another 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, in your opinion, is there hope for coming back together toward a peace, a place of understanding or moderatism, to use a word? Or do you, based on the conversations you've had with countless people on your podcast, et cetera, think that the moving to the opposite side will continue for a while before we're able to meet back in the middle? I hope that we can, you feel me, have some civility and some camaraderie and some unity. But just, you know what I'm saying? What I know, though, I don't see it happening no time soon. Because it's what I know now is that the internet, the internet disseminated a lot of information and it made it where the powers to be can control that narrative and can control the information. And as a result, it's going to make it where everybody has a different relationship to law structures and this, that, and the other. So I think I see people just going more into being polarized. At first, think about like I'm 31. When I was 31, you know I'm saying when I was a little kid and 9-11 happened, there were only so many outlets for us to get mm-hmm. information from. Now mm-hmm. there are infinite amount of outlets and infinite amount of perspectives that comes out. So we can't even agree on what the facts is. Think about it right mm-hmm. now. When Ukraine went or when, when Russia went and invaded Ukraine here in America alone, based off of your political position. It literally influenced how you understood that invasion. Whether mm-hmm. you think NATO is good or bad, in, 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 you know what I'm saying like whether you think that Russia is some commies, that you know what I'm saying, whether you think yeah. you feel me like it, it literally impacts it. So for me, I just think about like because now, think about it. Should trans women be in sports? That's a that's yeah. a that's a polarizing, ugly. I think like man, let the women do what they do. Man, you know what I'm saying? But some of them are like I think that trans women should this, that, and the other. And then going back to why. I fire up coming into this intersectionality is so key because you will see just like in, in, in elections, you will have single issue voters. I don't mm-hmm. give a damn what that politician I'm talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm pro-life. I'm voting for them. They pro-life. Who cares? Yeah. They're going to take some, who cares? They're going to raise taxes. Who cares? They're going to do this and do that. Who I'm saying? Whatever, whatever, whatever. I think I shouldn't use a race tax as example, but you get what I'm saying? Right. Totally. The polarizing happening. It's like, now it's starting to be where it's like, shit, even though in the black community we disagree with racism, they could we Christian over here. And we believe yeah. the conservative party is more the Christian values than the Democratic Party. So now I'm aligned with the you know what I'm saying the conservatives, even though they more anti-me than the Democrats is. Both of them anti-me, but they more Christian than they is, and you start to see it. And that's why I start to see now with social media. You start Do to you see think- all the personalities be single issue things. Yeah, that's true. I, I I don't deny that even in cases I've been more motivated to go out and vote based on one issue that really kind of got my goat. Do you think that the current Republican Party is worse? I don't want to say worse because that's kind of a generic term, but they've always had the reputation of not being a friendly party when it comes to a lot of issues regarding race. Is this current iteration of the right side worse or in some ways is it any better than what it was say pre-trump i mean it's a hard question because i know the initial knee-jerk response is it's always probably felt shitty to be a black person and try to be republican but i also think the republican party gets a knock sometimes that isn't right i think there's a lot of open-minded really socially kind of liberal people in that party who don't identify with old 
you know, deep South Republican values? Now it's it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a damn good question. And the response is really based off of how do you it's gonna sound crazy me saying this too. But listen now, I'm black people. You feel me? This is what I I'm saying it still though. I know as a black person, it literally determines on or it literally sits on how do you prefer your racism? Do you prefer your racism to be explicit? Do you prefer for it to be implicit? Do you prefer for it to be more disguised? Do you prefer more to be more up in your face? You know, most of us is Southern- it bad? Is it? It's that bad, huh? You there? It yeah. really is that baked in on both. People think, oh, I'm a Democrat. It absolves me of, or I'm a Libertarian. It absolves me of. I mean, I, yeah, this me, is a naive question, but is it, shit real fast, man? I'm glad you brought me on this mug. This real quick. This real quick, man. Education is elevation. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to give a 45 second analysis, man. When we start talking about mass incarceration we talk about the war on drugs we talk about jim crow we talk about you feel me the welfare state what do you want to talk about liberals and conservatives are implicated point in case ahmaud Arbery was killed in the red state of georgia at the time george floyd was killed in a blue state of minnesota at the time black people or how i like to call sometimes in many instances because i'm gonna be unapologetic with it niggas get killed whether you are in a democratic state or republican state and when we try to pigeonhole racial issues into being bipartisan it allows for one party to believe they are immune and we ignore the long history of uh, all of the shit this is what happens right here is that republicans in modern day get to fold liberal democratic denial of racism into being like yeah when we think about those jim crow or reconstruction era those were Democrats. You and I probably smart enough to be like, yeah, but those Democrats are now Republicans. Yep. I mean, the the compass is totally things. shifted. You see what I'm saying? But it's still yeah. point out, though, that even, even in places like California, they're seen as being one of the most liberal states in our country, you feel me, for the past 50 years. Hey, you go to black folks in Oakland or to the black folks in uh, Sacramento or to the black folks in L.A. or Compton. They're going to tell you about police brutality. They're going to tell you about the various ways and how liberal anti-blackness operates. I say all of to say this. Racism in America is not a bipartisan issue. Racism in America is baked in to our legal system. The last thing what's, I'll say. What's the solution? What's what's the antidote? What's the I mean, I know that if people could have solved this, they would yeah. have decades ago. But we are all about small, practical tips and steps on this show. And I think there are people I know there are people who want to show up to make a better world. Like, what is, you know, where do we even start? I got a quote for you. I got a quote for you. Let me sprinkle this quote down for you, man. It's funny, <laughs> real bad. That's how I see it, man. When I was 19 years old, the uh, the uh, the co-founder of the Black Panther Party, Huey P. Newton, I read his autobiography. He had a quote about power. He said that power is the ability to define the phenomenon and make it act in a desire manner. I'll repeat that. He said that power is the ability to define the phenomenon and make it act in a desired manner. That is the strategy. That's what we're doing. When you ask me about this, that, and the other, it's like, yeah, you're supposed to define the phenomenon to make it act in a desire in a desired manner. Me ignoring misogyny or ignoring white supremacy doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I'm going to define these concepts to make them act in a desired manner. So do I need to go 
navigate around it, over it, above it, go through it. That's why I'm going to use my power or my understanding to define this phenomenon. And that's the reason why I say education is elevation. Once you understand the phenomenon, you can define it. You can understand how it operates, how it functions, its structure. You now have the more ability and power over whatever phenomenon you're talking about to be able to make it do what it do. Mm-hmm. You don't want to deal with it. You define it in a way to make it where you can go around it. You want to deal with it and work through it. You now use the definition, your knowledge of it to deal with it. That's how I understand it. And that's the yeah. reason why education is elevation. Yeah. Oh, I love it. It starts in the mirror. Man in the yeah. mirror. Hey, Michael yeah. Jackson okay. said it. You know what I'm saying? And then, and then, and then lastly, this is the reason why I'm saying about the bad guy thing. It's like, listen, or bad person thing. I want to be gendered. You have to be the change that you seek. And nine times out of 10, it's harder for you to see the ways in which you get in the way of the change you see. That's the reason why I talk about being an anti-racist racist or an anti-sexist sexist or the idea of being the bad person. Are you cool with giving a self-analysis on the shit you claim to be against and recognizing how you're implicated in it? I'm against transphobia. I acknowledge and try to desire to acknowledge the ways in which I'm implicated within transphobia i do not believe i'm so smart and so you feel me mm-hmm. miraculous that i believe that i'm immune to the way the world is i believe the entire world is anti-black that means that i have been indoctrinated by anti-blackness as a black man it is important for me to understand the ways in which i've internalized black inferiority the ways i've internalized black irrationality the ways i've internalized you feel me black black less than you see what i'm saying politically socially economically and you use that to do what? You use, I use that, that knowledge to be a to do better what? person. I use that to navigate the world in a way where I can now care and love the people around me without perpetuating anti-blackness. I'm going to use my understanding of anti-blackness to better love the black people around me. I'm going to use my knowledge of transphobia to better account for and love the trans people around me. You see what I'm saying? I'm going to use my understanding of sexism to be able to tell my homeboy, hey, folks, when you say that shit right there, bro, that shit was sexist, fam. That shit went. I, I I know that was cool when we were seventeen and sixteen. My nigga, we thirty one now, bro. Yeah. That that shit go. I'm gonna use yeah. my understandings to be able to tell you something. And if you want to have a debate, we can debate about it. But all this information is used to make the phenomenon act in a desired manner. That's what all the information is about. The books and the library. It's all it's about. When they say Google it, they telling you to look up some information for you to be able to use that information to use in a desired manner for you to be able to move how you want to move. Literally, mm-hmm. right now, I'm gonna get right now. We're talking for 54 minutes. When I get off of this call, I know every social media platform there's gonna be at least a few people that's like, Hey, consciously, can you tell me how to do X, Y, and Z? They're asking me to define the phenomenon for them so they can make yeah. it act in a desired manner. That's what all the education is to me. It's like asking, like, Hey, why do we need to learn the periodic table? Why do I need to know the chemical compound of carbon monoxide? I don't want to be a damn chemist. I don't care about that. We recognize in education, it's like, yeah, the fundamentals or the or, or what they call in college, the uh, the uh, prereqs, the prerequisites. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, humanity and understanding humanity. I believe understanding intersectionality and how power operates is a prerequisite for you to be a good human being. I don't know how you to be a good human being if you don't understand white supremacy. I, I really will argue with that. I'll be willing to take all the money I'm going to ever make and I ever made to argue. There's no way for you to say you're a good human being if you don't understand oppression. Yeah. That's it. I, I, I love it. I mean, I, I'm just sitting here listening. I feel like I'm watching your like live Instagram and TikTok feed. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Consciously, I'm sorry. 
sorry. What are you sorry? You are not a sexist, number one. And number two, you're not to... showing up in the world. Is that so? This was me being, no, no, no. That was me watching and just really yeah. being engaged. I live for the type of conversation that we have. I live for the discomfort. I live for the elevation. I live for the education of it all, to use your words. And I am so sad because I wanted to do a whole thing on wokeism and why that term bring is- Bring me gotten... back. I, can I bring you back? Okay, yeah, I'm going to bring you back. Because bring me back because I have, uh, I've, I've started doing my research on cancel culture, wokeism, yes. being conscious, all of the terms that derive from the black community and how these terms are bastardized and turned into something bad that you can now- Literally, hold on. How you say you against victim mentality? You tell me that victim mentality is making up shit to be victimized by. How can you literally take a term, bastardize it from what it originally mean and say, hey, man, being woke is bad. I'm going to pass a law that say wokeism is bad. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. we, can't, we got we got to give that whole conversation. It's just due with time. Wow. Yeah, we, we have we need a lot of time for that. We right. need we need depth and perspective on that because i think like is a triggering word for a lot of people and i want to right. bring it bring it down to the simplest level um okay i've stolen stay woke, a stay woke. So, uh, you just, oh no a lot of people are like off pause <laughs> um you are a delight um george i'm gonna call you by your real name consciously i i'm really glad we had the opportunity to have this conversation please tell us where and how to follow where and how to reach out if we're interested in contacting beyond social media because i know you do some public speaking as well oh yeah oh yeah uh theconsciously.com i do curriculum development i do keynote speaking i do facilitations and workshops on um soft core uh skills whether we're talking about conflict management or we're talking about civility in the workplace um i also have a uh online class right now about identity politics come learn about race class gender ability sexuality intersectionality from you know uh educational lens that class is available on theconsciously.com and then really whenever you hear my voice whenever you see my face you don't need no sat you don't need no SAT, ACT, no enrollment. All you got to do is just give me your undivided attention. And I promise you, I'm going to give you a upper division college course type shit in 60 seconds or less on race, class, gender, gender ability, sexuality. I'm an edutainer. Education is elevation is my motto. Again, theconsciously.com. Sonny, thank you so much. And you really didn't gave me a little pep in my stuff for the rest of the day. I love it. Yeah, I love you, it. This is very refreshing. You are, um, you're a delight to speak with consciously. We will have you back. Thank you again so much for coming on the show. Yes. Yes. Thank you. All right. Thank you guys for watching and listening. Listen, this interview has been in the works. I've been stalking the profile for a while. We rescheduled it. I am so glad that this was our last live show of the season. A great way to go out, giving you something to think about as we head into the summer months. We will have episodes happening on the podcast feed. So if you're just a listener, we're not going to go anywhere. But live shows are going to take a break because kids are out of school. So, you know, we don't need kids running through the background of the live show. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Follow along on Instagram at Sunny Abada. Check out wegotatalk.com slash blog for the latest blog posts as well. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Talk soon.